Museum of the Moving Image welcomes you to the Pinewood Dialogues Online, an archive of conversations with innovative creative figures in film, television, and digital media. Visit Museum of the Moving Image in New York City or online at www.movingimage.us. Please welcome Tim Burton. Congratulations. It's a great, great movie. And uh, we just finished a retrospective year of your career. A lot of people saw all your movies, so this applause is for an amazing body of work. Um, What's the fence back there for? <laughs> Some of your fans were a little worried about Caged it. So, animals. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, actually, what I want to um, ask you about first is... Um, we'll feed the back row later. <laughs> Don't throw any peanuts <laughs> We have your producers up there, for one thing, so... so um, Where's okay. the key? <laughs> <laughs> the film is based on a very wonderful um, small sh sort of short book by Daniel Wallace. And um, it's a, a book that's almost like a sketchbook in style. It's got um, sort of episodes, um, you know, short chapters, and, and um, almost has a feeling of, of, one of one of your sketchbooks. Um, if you're doing a, a completely straight adaptation, you would have ended with um, the, the big fish in the river when... when um, Son goes to the river, and then the the funeral, the the sort of last section. I'm assuming was was your invention. I read the script before I read the book, and uh, I was glad I did actually, because I think it was a case of where John, the writer, actually helped kind of focus the material. I mean, it. Yeah. I, I think, you know, in some ways, it's good to not have a novel that's extremely well known. You know, this right. big, thick, heavy, you know, yeah. thing that everybody loves, just because I think it's easier to adapt into into a film somehow a little less daunting. So I thought that uh, John took what Daniel was seemed like yeah. trying to do and just helped focus it. So and this I is John so. August who yeah. wrote Go and yeah. Charlie's Angels, right? Uh -huh. The Full Throttle, I believe. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to believe. The same <laughs> Multi-talented. <laughs> Versatile. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but, you, but you read the script before the book. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, like I said, I think that he did... You know, there was a freedom to what he did that just yeah. seemed to be not under the heaviness of, like I said, a classic, yeah. well-known novel. The film sort of begs the question of, of your, it's, it's such a personal film, or such a deeply emotional film. Um, I usually don't ask personal questions, but I'm sure this must have had some resonance in terms of your relationship with your father, and you just... Yeah, a little bit, but it had yeah. actually more to do with Son of Godzilla. That was such a touching <laughs> father and son movie that right, I, I never <laughs> forgot as a child. <laughs> And uh, no, but yeah, I think it's a it's a thing where you know everybody loses a parent, and no matter what your relationship is, that it obviously cause for reflect and and you know I I found that even though I wasn't really close to him, that I still had lots of emotions that were all over the place, and I thought that this film, when I read it, was a good way of sort of visually and, you know, since it's a film, exploring those sort of feelings which are complicated and mm -hmm. uh, hard to actually put into words. Yeah. Now, the film just has an, a mythological feeling. I mean, it has the feeling of a, of, a, of a sort of classic story, a classic fable. And I'm just wondering if you could talk about your approach to the style and look. I mean, this, this film just has such a great physical look to it. Well, I mean, you know, I grew up loving movies, so and I always I realized that I love sort of the kind of mythology, folk tale kind of, you know, because that's basically what movies are, mm -hmm. as well. So, uh, y y you know, from like Jason the Argonauts on, where you've got sort of classic sort of 
sort of mythological yeah. representations of things, you know, yeah. which, uh, y you know, the magical town or city, you know, yeah. like all these sort of images so that they were just sort of variations on all the kind of classic yeah. imagery that way, and symbols. One thing I love about the movie is the, the way you use the real locations. I know with, with um, you know, with Sleepy Hollow, that was a case where you found you had to wind up building most of what we saw, but I think here... The landscape of, of Alabama, the rivers in Alabama, seem to yeah, play I a mean key it's, role. It's so, yeah, I you know, it's nice to go to a place that take, you, you know, and just soak up the vibe of the place. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. do, you know, just talking to people and just the light, you know, you do get a flavor of something that you can't get if you're shooting yeah. wherever, on a soundstage or in Los Angeles or, you know. Yeah. So it was uh, good to go down there and... Soak up the vibe and the chicken <laughs> fat and all that other stuff. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. <laughs> and apparently you were based at, in a, a sort of very um, sort of sleepy small town. Um. Yeah, I think I was actually staying. It seemed like where they shot Blair Witch Project somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. The terrain looked awfully similar to me. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But, you know, you're there working. So it's not like you're there to sightsee. You, you right. sort of see it in a more under the surface way which is yeah. always more interesting um how involved were you in um in in product in the production design area the house i showed up a few days of during the production of the, the edwards house the bloom house is beautiful and that was built that's not something no, you found. that was most of that was there really uh, we just added a little bit to hmm. it okay. yeah I mean, that, that was the thing there you know it was a film where we were fairly quick schedule so we were shooting very quickly so we had to yeah. like move sometimes three locations in a day you know it's like you know you and put on your baseball outfit and he, you know <laughs> put on it you did like four sports in one day you know so really? we were like moving around a lot and so you know we didn't have a opportunity to to overbuild a lot of stuff we mm. built specter and all but uh, right. you know it was important though to use as much live i mean we, do, we didn't do even a half a day we didn't even do a day of blue screen we did everything it just sort of needed a handmade kind of quality because of the nature of yeah. it and the stories. Uh, we tried to keep the effects as human as possible and doing them as live and some in camera. I mean, we did do a little bit of stuff, but always kept it, you know, as much real as we could. Yeah. And can you talk ab about your work with actors? Sometimes the visual um, style is what's talked about most with your films, but this is a, there are so many great performances in the movie. Well, we were very lucky to get good actors, and it, it was an interesting yeah. case because we couldn't think of just, in the case of yeah. like Albert and Ewan and Allison right. and Jessica, you couldn't quite think of just one person. You, you had think to of, yeah. think in tandem. And so that was interesting and difficult. And uh, but we were very, again, I, I, I just felt lucky every day because they were really good. And we shot all out of sequence, so it was not like hmm. they, you know, it was a real puzzle that way. So, um, you know, I, I, I like working with actors that don't really care how they look. So, you know, they're kind of like, there's an openness to them, and they're kind of more, I find, adventurous and kind of open to trying things. Some of the characters, or a lot of the characters in your films, are much more introverted. I mean, this is a real great extroverted character. I'm just wondering what it was sort of like working with this character of uh, Well, it was Edward fun, Bloom. you know. I mean, that's why Albert is so great, because he, you know, you can't, it, somebody either has that kind of thing <laughs> in their personality, and, yeah. and, and so it's just, and when you're around somebody like that, you kind of get the joy of that. And you also get, 
you know, from the son's point of view, the, the sort of positive and negative of the whole thing. So, you know, it was an interesting challenge to get the sort of positive, negative between those two characters. And uh, yeah. and was Albert uh, Finney cast first? Because uh, you, you and well, I, we had to kind of do it together. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. It's like yeah. we couldn't go out and go Albert and then not and get think of you. Yeah. You know, so I remember seeing a picture of uh, you know Albert Finney and you know like in you know. Uh, uh, Tom Jones and it just it struck us that it was very much like you and and uh, you know then we pulled out uh, there a couple of years earlier there was one of those People magazine separated at birth type of things <laughs> right so we said see People magazine thinks it's a good idea too so. <laughs> <laughs> sanctioned by pe casting yes thank you <laughs> That'll be the only thanks. No, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the um, dialect is there's a real nice quality to it. I mean, it feels sort of an old-fashioned. I mean, it feels like Southern dialect, but it's yeah. not sort of well. I yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I realized after you know deciding to do the film, I, I like quietly to myself one weekend shortly thereafter, I said to myself. Uh, you know, I hate Southern movies. <laughs> I really, you know, I don't, there's a certain thing about it that I just don't like. So I didn't, I didn't tell anybody that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it was important there to kind of get, I mean, I remember like liking to, to Kill a Mockingbird and feeling like, well, there is a lyrical aspect to the language. And so we tried to go for what was sort of a more poetic cadence and a little yeah. bit less of the, you know, Come on, you know, tell you a story sitting on the porch with a mint julep type of thing that I always equate to it. So uh, they were all very good at uh, uh, trying to capture that other type of slightly more lyrical, poetic cadence to it. Yeah. And how did this tie in with the, with the way you shot the film? If you could talk a bit just about whether... Um, I mean, there's a poetic quality, I think, to the, the compositions, and there's a simplicity and beauty to the, the way the film looks. If you could talk about a bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I don't storyboard it any, as m I mean, we do storyboard, but mm -hmm. I don't pay attention quite as much, just because it's, you know, as you work with actors, you realize, oh, it's just, that's the fun, and so you get enough yeah. of an idea, and then you kind of, you know, especially when you're fighting with the weather and locations a lot, since we're outside a lot, so, you know, you try to m keep... Uh, open to things, but uh, y y you know that's the fun part of it is yeah. the is the shooting of it. It's the hardest part, but it's the most interesting. And you know, just trying to find a balance from the stories to the reality. And again, not so it didn't really turn on and off like a faucet, but it was a bit more stream of conscious. So you know, that was always trying to be aware of that throughout. Yeah. And what kind of production was it? Was in terms of difficulty, it has. There's sort of a you know, again, the sort of intimacy and simplicity to the story, but you have lots of animals and lots of sets and, and what? Lots of animals. That's <laughs> always, yeah, yeah. Well, well, and we're also in like a tornado zone. So like with the scene where we were shooting Danny, you know, naked in the forest, the next yeah. day was three feet underwater. So and it, it, we had a whole circus that was... Mm. Y you know, we shot. So we were quite lucky, but I mean, the tent almost blew away uh, in, a, in a in a tornado. And yeah. uh, is there any film that of, that you've made that you would have done differently? You mean like not do it, kind of a thing? <laughs> 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 sure. I mean, you know, I I don't look at things that way. I think that you know, uh, I sort of treat them all, you know, because you put a lot into it, even whether it's good or 
piece of crap, you know, I still put as much, you know, you put as much into it I I anyway. So, you know, I think somebody once said, you know, they are kind of like your children, you know, they may, you know, have flaws, but you still kind of get, are close to them. So, yeah, I, I always look at them more like little time capsules and things. So I, I you know, if it's got rough edges and all which they do, uh, it's okay to me, I, you know. And what was the decision process like to make this? I mean, you've done two very huge productions before this. And well, this was nice because, again, it had a script before there was a release date, which was nice. <laughs> uh, so that was a chalk up one for that. And it was a script that everybody liked, which, again, whoa, when does that, does, I, I can't remember that one happening. So it was not, you know, it was a very, you know, it's amazing all the other stuff you go through when you don't have those very, what should be, number one elements, you yeah. know, right off the bat, and so, so yeah. it was good for that reason, okay. too. Was Great. Anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, Batman, will Batman come to Broadway? Uh, I think it's going to go straight to an ice show. <laughs> no. I, I, I don't know what they, you know, the, I, I hung up my tap shoes many years ago. Uh, I don't know, it's, you know, I have no no plans for that one. Uh, will Batman be released on right. DVD like that? Yeah, well, I, I th you know, that's a, sort of a Warner Brothers thing, but yeah, but I I would imagine now that they finally realize it, well, DVDs are, are kind of here for a while, yeah. So I think they might, you know, I think they were kind of holding out for a while to see how that was all going to go, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to do that sometime. Okay, Carl the Giant, um, could you tell us about him? Um, well, I believe he was a bouncer in a Philadelphia nightclub for a while. I think he trained as a lawyer. Uh, you know, he's a really, he's amazing, you know, guy. When I met him, I, you know, uh, just something about him and his voice and just what he goes through all day, you, you know, you knew he understood, <laughs> understood the part, so, <laughs> uh, y you know, so, but he just had a, a quality to him that I thought was really nice and, and, uh, yeah, he's afraid of heights, which is kind of erotic. <laughs> no, he, uh, you know, and, uh, but a really, you know, he's an amazing, good guy, yeah. Okay, if you can talk about Danny Elfman's uh, score well, yeah, for other things. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's always with Danny, it's like, uh, try to be, you know, a character, and it was, uh, you know, it is like a character, so it's somebody that needs to, you know, when you're dealing with the tonal all over the place, find the right integrating moments and uh, y you know it's it's uh, I always enjoy working with him because it's always you know this was a, I felt something slightly different and, and new and for him and so I thought he did a beautiful beautiful job on it yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. there's some sense I mean the film ends with this beautiful passage about uh, stories living on forever and obviously that's what filmmakers do and hope to make movies that will you know last um, and you know, was there a sense when you were making this that this was going to be a movie that? No, I you never think. No, you just no. When you're making it, you, yeah. you there's the joy of making it, and you know, there's so much other things. Like I said, we were saying earlier about a release date before a film is out. You know, before there's a script, it's like all that does it cuts out the process of doing, which is a, I think 
you know, when you're there on the set and you're the weather and the actors, I mean, it's a, it's a, an immediate moment, which is, is so, I think, beautiful and important. Yeah. And you never want that to get lost by thinking about what's going to happen or right. where it's going to go or that, you know, it's just the joy of doing it. Okay, what, what we'll yeah. put a DVD for yeah. this. I'm yeah, I'm not a really big uh, fan of so much. I mean, the only time I think I've ever, the only time I'm doing it, I mean, I'm not putting them in the movie, is for the Ed Wood uh, DVD where I'm going to put in some separate scenes just because I thought they were interesting on their own, uh, not integrated into the film. But I, I don't know, you know, it, you also like a little bit of time. I think, you know, you just finish something, you like a little bit of distance to kind of sort of take it all in and soak it in. So hopefully there'll be a little bit of time to assess and kind of analyze what was taken out. And uh, not a whole lot, because I don't, you know, you shoot, you know, try to edit as we go, because it's like schedules are so quick. It's, you know, the idea of shooting something and having a, you know, three and a half hour film, you know, looking at it like a week after you finish and have to cut an hour out, you know, it's just too painful of a idea to have it that quick. So try to do it as you go along and not shoot too much extra stuff. Well, the, I got the the script was sent to me by the producers in the studio, and it, so it was like I said, it was nice to get something that people liked and they you know they wanted to do, and you know not have to go through. Usually, you could spend six months a year going through some thing to either get the script or get them to want to do it and all of that. So, pretty clean that way. Oh, rumors about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in terms of... Well, we've got to tie in with McDonald's, so I guess it's real. It's all in. <laughs> the mark of reality. Now, I don't, you know, again, I would try to get a script. and I try now. I've done enough where I've said, done yes to things where just... Because I, I get all into the drama of kind of, will we get a script? Will we won't before it comes out? I don't know. Let's... <laughs> Okay, so you know, I, I just feel like I kind of got caught up in that, but it's a little. So I'm trying to watch that one in the future. <laughs> uh, your films are very imaginative and sort of fearless, and just um, you know, how did this evolve? Because from the very beginning, your films really do seem to spring from. The, I, mean, I felt. I guess I feel lucky to uh, you know, like working at Disney, where it was like probably the worst time in the company's history which allowed me the opportunity to do a couple of short films, which, you know, if I had been there at the time when it was successful, I probably wouldn't have gotten the opportunity. So it's always been a weird dynamic where I've been able, they like kind of let me do whatever, you know. So I've had the luck of kind of being able to do what I wanted to do. And so, you know, once you get that, you don't, <laughs> you don't want to go back, you know. So... Uh, I mean, I, I don't think about it any other way, really. In terms of, you've talked about your childhood, like, uh, growing up in Burbank as being sort of, in a funny way, almost similar to this, um, you know, Edward, wanted, like growing up in a small town and wanting to get out of, out of it. I mean, do you relate to your, your oh, childhood sure. to this film? Well, yeah, I mean, you relate everything. I mean, I think you have to relate everything to what you do just because that's your only reference of how to get something done and yeah. achieve something. So, uh yeah, you know, you try to I actually identify with every character on some level, you mm -hmm. know, even if yeah, if it's a dog or a woman or <laughs> any kind of character <laughs> or a bird or a, you know, a ape or you, you, you 
<laughs> whatever. It's like you try to just relate to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess in ho- especially growing in up in the Hollywood sort of system, you get labeled and. I've always resi- I don't like to think too much about myself. Re- I mean, I like to think about the material and think about what you're trying to do, but I don't try to think about myself so much because it's like I've been spending my whole life trying not to think about myself. So you know, <laughs> the point is to just kind of keep fresh and not make yourself into a thing. You know, it's like you just kind of remain a human being and try to do the things that interest you and see what happens. And this all. is a, a sort of jump, but uh, um, you became a father about a little over a month ago, so how has that changed? <laughs> it's, you know, it's the weirdest <laughs> thing, you know, people like, you know, you, you grow up pe- and people call you weird or other people weird, and <laughs> it's actually the weirdest thing that you could ever do, this thing, <laughs> and we're all a result of it, you know, so <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Could you have a desire to make a straight-up horror well, I don't movie? Know if I, could, I don't know if I could be really, ultimately, really scary in that way. Uh, you know, because it's, 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 it's a real thing to do that. And uh, I think I had, you know, such a love of them. And they, they, they actually made me so happy that I, ne- you know, I never treated them as horror. You know, I treated them as like, I guess they're like my Rocky kind of movies. You know, the life-affirming... <laughs> You know, da 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 da. You know, Frankenstein up on the steps, <laughs> blaring music. You know, but I mean, I, I do think that that. Uh, so I, you know, I, I kind of maybe come at it from a different way. So I don't know if I. I mean, I, I do love it, so I would always think about it or entertain it. But I, I, I would like to try it sometime. I just don't know if I could be quite scary enough. <laughs> okay. Do you like working with actors that you've worked with before, or? Well, I, I, both. I mean, I like you know what's fun about working with somebody like who uh, like Johnny. I've worked with three. You know, it's fun because you get to see them do different things each time, and that's a real energy that's unique to that specific kind of thing. Uh, when you work with people that are that like playing characters and doing it, it's just it's a lot of fun to see them change. And then, uh, and then it's fun to mix it up because you meet somebody new and you get a whole new energy with that. And, and so they both can be, you know, I've, I've felt for the most part just very lucky because you do, it's, you know, it's being around creative people, you know, it's, it's not stupid, but it's like it, that energy rubs off on everybody and it's just a lot of fun. Talk a bit about working with Ewan McGregor because that's such a... Um Bold performance, and it has to be. Well, I mean, it, has, he, it has to be perfect to work. Yeah, no, and he. I think you know everybody had a particularly tr- tricky job, and his was to play a sort of romanticized version of a character. So, right. to do that while still keeping it a human being, you know, was really, really good. And you know, every it was kind of a bad joke. It's like, okay, <laughs> wrestle with the wolf today. You know, we even there's a whole chasing of a pig, which is cut out. You know, there's there was more animals for the D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good DVD. Yeah. <laughs> All right. More animals will be. <laughs> no, but I mean, he's just got such an openness, you know, and to do that kind of open-hearted stuff that he does in the film, which is, you know, it's very difficult. I would find, yeah. you know, to kind of be that sort of open-hearted and uh, and you know to get the idealistic thing, to get the comedy, but also to keep it a human being. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Very, very good. Really good. Okay, how do you choose your cinematographer and convey your vision to your cinematographer? Well, 
last couple of times I go with people that bear, don't speak English very well, so that suits me just fine, because I don't, they say the same of me. Um, so, uh, that was good, you know, I, that's a very, you know, you, I, you have to like, you know, it's like, there's a few people that you have to like, because they're around you all the time, and it's part <laughs> of your whole thing, so it's nice to like the, the DP and the art director, and all. But uh, no, it was, you know, you go with somebody that uh, that uh, you, you know you you look a little bit at other people's work, but not too much. It's a little mm -hmm. bit about how you relate to them, and uh, you know, Philippe was good because he you know liked to work quick, and we sort of needed to, and it sort of keeps an energy going, yeah. and he sort of got the the feeling of sort of trying to sort of stream of conscious up the kind of so it doesn't like like I said earlier about the stories and the reality stuff so you know it's just a it's you know it's like making up a, a relationship quickly you know it's, yeah. it's like that got to be kind of that deep now we have an exhibition of your your artwork upstairs and it's been said that you you use your sketches and your drawings to convey ideas to your cinematography yeah I mean it's good that way because it's like I also like to people that will look at something like that and not be literal about it because they're obviously not literal sketches that can be translated you right. know literally so so somebody who gets it on that sort of emotional level you know uh you know that's the kind of person that i like that way i was wondering if this another jump in um but the the wizard of oz i just sort of f kept feeling like there was a like this film echoed the wizard of oz to me and i wonder if that was conscious at all or not well i don't know uh, it wasn't conscious but yeah. i mean it's such you know those kind of movies you know I, you know, you, but you would also say any movie has an impact. You know, that's right. the one that has an impact. Of course, all these movies, but I, I don't know. We never, like, consciously, you know, said anything about that. And somebody was going to ask this. Yeah. This is your, know, your, th know. your third Edward film. So. Yeah, I don't, you, know, well, you know, I didn't play this. The <laughs> other two I p planned, this one was the name, and so I... Yeah, no, I know. Well, I, <laughs> nah, I know. It is true. I... I, I I will think enough about myself to go like, ask that question. Like, what's it with? Because I don't really like the name Ed. Actually, <laughs> it's like, I, and I thought, like, I said, I, I thought, like, you know, I always have like circus images, but I always hated the circus. <laughs> you know, it's like you kind of do. I don't know. You know, so it's like the Ed one. I don't get. I'll, I'll, you know, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know in a couple of years after some more therapy. <laughs> How long did it take to shoot? About 65, 60 days, something like that. 60, something like that. Yeah. Oh, did, you yeah, did these yeah. pairs of actors work together? Oh, but, but, no, but you yeah. know what? It was interesting because I thought, you know, that, that they spent a little bit of time with each other. But, you know, it was interesting because the challenge on it was, you know, Ewan wasn't playing exactly, you know, he was sort of, he was playing it, but he was also playing it as a sort of romanticized version. So, you know, and 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 again, like I said, we, we had this weird schedule where Albert shot and Ewan didn't only shot a couple of days in there. So, so it was more of a case of them spending a little bit of time, but it was not like this overkill of like them like going, well, let's both do this and that. I was, because I, I felt they're also both kind of intuitive actors, and I think they, they like to approach things, I, I sense, on a certain level. So there was some time spent, a little bit of that connection, 
and then uh, I sort of let them go because it felt and I understand it. It's like a certain type of, you get enough rehearsal in, but not too much because it's the joy of being there on the set and doing it. It was where they really want to go. Okay. Well, again, I want to invite everybody to go upstairs and see the exhibition of Tim Burton Drawings. And uh, congratulations again. Thank and thanks, thanks for being for here. Waiting. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you for listening. The Pinewood Dialogues at Museum of the Moving Image are made possible by generous support from the Pannonia Foundation. To learn more about the museum, visit www.movingimage.us.